0: Hi, this is Chad Dull. Welcome to my Poverty Informed podcast. Well, it's been a while again, although in 2022 I'm pretty committed to getting more out there uh, as I kind of lean into this mission around creating a movement around this poverty-informed work that I think takes us to so many important places and asks us the right questions and drives for more equitable outcomes. But today I'd like to share something I wrote um, a couple of months ago, um, but it's still resonating with me today as I kind of wrestle about the next step in this work for me and how to have a, a wider influence And frankly, how to drive myself to do better, how to kind of grapple with the reality of of what I have and what others don't. And and anyway, um, so today I'd like to share with you something called poverty-informed practice, never get to be you. So I discovered Neil Young when I was in college, uh, in the late 1980s actually, which means I was about 25 years late to the whole Neil Young thing. But in the fall of 1989, I heard the song Rockin' in the Free World for the first time. It's been an addiction ever since. Uh, If you ever want to find a great version, Neil and Pearl Jam did it at the Video Music Awards in 1993. Uh, I encourage you to Google it and look it up. See, I love music, but I'm a lot like my dad, which means I'm sort of a lyrics guy at heart. And even at age 19, I suppose I was, There were lyrics in that song that put me in discomfort. If you don't know the song, in the second verse, Neil sings about seeing a woman in the night with a baby in her hand. And then it goes on to say the woman puts her kid away while she struggles with her addiction. And then the song says she hates her life and what she's done to it. Now that part always made me uncomfortable and emotional. I didn't have language for it then, but I knew what it was to have someone you love struggle with addiction and how you could see the way they felt about themselves and how it was reinforced by a world that blames you for your struggles. But if I'm honest, it was what Neil sang about the child in the song that has stuck with me for more than 30 years. He wrote, There's one more kid that'll never go to school, never get to fall in love, never get to be cool. Even now I get goosebumps, but for someone just out of high school at that time, this felt so unfair, so viscerally wrong. How can children be robbed of their chance? How could we allow that to happen? I think it's why I chose my first career as a teacher. So I wasn't very sophisticated at 19, but I just knew this was not right nor fair. So fast forward decades later. And I just can't stop thinking about the unfairness of things and the inability, frankly, of people like me to truly do things that could change the circumstance. A while back after the verdict in the Kyle Rittenhouse case, I was feeling very upset and low. And I was speaking to my friend Mandy, and we were talking about how upset the people around us were for the most part. And then it hit me. None of those people, including me, we really going to do anything. We would be upset. We might post some support or thoughts on social media or perhaps donate to a preferred cause or candidate. But mostly, we were going to go home to our places of comfort and safety and watch the world roll on. Mandy never misses an opportunity and she took this opportunity to remind me she had been telling me this very notion for years about my personal crusade against poverty. She reminded me how so many of us, even those who care and believe things need to change, risk very little on a personal level to drive that change. It was powerful because she included herself in the critique, and I knew I belonged in that critique as well. I've known my whole life the game is not fair, but I have built my own safety and comfort first. I just have. That's true. And this realization was reinforced that night as I thought of driving to Kenosha and, my, and then I chose not to. I rationalized it was because I couldn't really do anything in Kenosha. But I honestly wondered about my safety if things got heated. It was a risk I was not willing to take. So this gnawing discontent just keeps popping up in different places for me. I recently binge-watched the show Made on Netflix, and I was struck by the incredibly accurate portrayal of the intersection of poverty and emotional abuse. It was triggering on a personal level, but it was also infuriating watching our systems fail the protagonist and force her to be a hero to get what she needed. She had to be a hero to get simply what she needed. I couldn't stop thinking about all the potential lost in similar situations which didn't result in best-selling books or TV shows. I could not stop thinking about how allowing this is a choice we make. And I cannot stop thinking about how we have chosen to be okay and safe in our own worlds when this is happening. The feeling hit me again when my daughter invited me to join her to see the movie King Richard a movie about the childhoods of Venus and Serena Williams and their dad, Richard. I remembered Richard Williams when his daughters were becoming well-known, and I honestly at the time didn't think much of him. He seemed like sort of a showboat and maybe attention-seeking, and, and if I'm honest, I thought maybe he wasn't a good person. This movie reminded me he, like everyone, is much more complex than the caricature I held 20 years ago. In the movie, I saw a man and a family fighting through endless systems of exclusion and oppression to change the arc of their lives. I think the movie's supposed to be a feel-good story. But once again, I just wondered how many Venuses and Serenas were left behind in poverty and in racist systems. So much potential lost because we don't see these systems. Or maybe even more disturbingly, we don't act to disrupt them when we do see them. So I'm struggling. Where does my right to have things run into the fact others have so much less? Where do my choices to take care of myself mean I am ignoring the needs of others? And perhaps even more sinister, where do I turn my gaze from systems that benefit me, even if they harm others? For me, this raises big questions. I'm guessing there will be others who won't see my thoughts as all that insightful because their lived experience has shown them these things all along. When I get in this mental space, I think it's remarkable that those who are being excluded aren't even angrier than they already are. I don't have a happy ending to this podcast. I don't have a happy ending to this essay. It's just my challenge to myself and my calling out of others like me Do we keep restrictions on what we will do to even the playing field because it might put us at risk? What are those of us who believe the status quo is not okay willing to actually put on the line? There are times I think the kind of change we need can only happen at a policy level. But then I start to wonder if saying that is just an easy excuse for those of us who have what we need to live with the fact that others don't have what they need. I have more questions than answers. But today, I'm confident of one thing. It's a quote from Dr. Russell Lowry Hart that I read in The Atlantic a few years ago. He simply said, It isn't enough. We're not doing enough. We have to do more. I'm committing to doing more and risking more. Will you? Thinking back to that Neil Young song, it's interesting that rockin' in the free world has become something of an American standard in the three decades since it was released. Eddie Vedder from Pearl Jam always loved the song, and I remember watching him lead a jam session at the 2017 Rock and Roll Hall of Fame ceremony. Again, you could Google it. They performed the song in front of this affluent crowd, and Eddie made a subtle change to the lyrics. And the change means everything to me, especially in my current state of mind. Instead of singing one more kid that'll never go to school, never get to fall in love, never get to be cool, Eddie changed one word. He stared at the audience. If you're a Pearl Jam fan, you'll know with the intensity that only Eddie Vedder has. And as he stared, he sang, There's one more kid that'll never go to school, never get to fall in love, never get to be you. And I hope in that lyrical change, the motivation to do more, to extend more, is right there for more of us. Why do we allow people to be robbed of the opportunity to be us? If we really believe that is wrong, what would we be willing to do to change it?